When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there. Thanks for checking in. It's the Laurie and Julia show on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us on a glorious day. 45 degrees. Above our predicted high of 40, we're enjoying more melting of the snow. Except for Julia, she's not happy about it. Don't, don't, don't worry, there will be more snow there for everybody. More snow. Way yeah, more maybe snow. Maybe Thursday. Yeah, is that when it is? Well, a half inch. All right, oh, a half <laughs> inch. That's nothing. No, that sorry. is nothing. Everyone is walking like a penguin in the morning. I will say that because of the freeze. What are you talking you about? You walk like a penguin so you don't fall. People are slipping and falling, so the smart people... Or walk like a penguin. And Lori, Lori said to me, oh, please stop. You've got to stop because I was complaining about the weather. Melt, oh, freeze, melt, freeze. It's it's like I'm not ready for us to be 85 and in the nursing home yet. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't bring up your balls again to me today. Yeah. What? But we did. We heard we heard a classic line today. What? In the double wide. Oh, yes, we did. What was it? Oh, my gosh. I have. I actually have to go to a thing. I'm actually planning to go to a thing with children. Yeah, I didn't oh, say this. have to. Get no, the words said, right. I changed okay. it. I mean, you said I actually. I said I'm actually sleep. doing something where there's going to be a lot of children, children. including me with yes, two kids. Words to that effect. Frozen, Disney yes. on ice, going with the glam babies. They're going to have a blast. Oh, I, but I, I love that. Donnie and I just look at each other like, oh. Well, Julia, it's I classic. mean, you should it's see me awesome. on the, okay, in Hawaii. So at the Hapuna Prince, which is going to be the Westin, one of the things in the remodel is that apparently it's maybe it's a thing with Weston, but more and more four and five star hotels want to have pools that are adults only. I would agree a hundred percent. And it's, and even with my kids, you know, you wanted kiddie pools to be separate from the adults because they are there for a different reason. And if they are certain ages and they're in their swim diapers, and you know exactly what's going on in those diapers. <laughs> And even if they're older, Swim, eight, nine, diapers. ten, whatever, I'm uh-huh. just saying. And uh, Casey, having been a maintenance man with a pool and jacuzzi, I can barely get him to step in a pool if it's not just adults only. And even then, <laughs> he's suspicious. That's so because he scraped. He's seen the other side. He's seen the other side. So they at, the underbelly of a hot that's tub. That's right. Anyway, but uh, at this Hapuna Prince, they. Put in an infinity pool <gasps> for adults. And I said, Casey said, How do you know that's the adults only pool? I said, They don't waste the money on infinity pools for kids mm-hmm. because it's tricky to get in and out of them because of how oh, they yeah. look. They yeah. would be not a good 
safe. Dangerous. Yeah, you got to have. Because it looks steps. like you're going over the edge. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's uh, anyway. So um, was he excited about that? He he doesn't care because he's only going in the ocean where oh. it's you know. Yeah. Everything is naturalized right. by the salt or whatever. Right. I don't know what he thinks. Really? But... <laughs> naturalized by the salt. And the turtles. <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to something where there will be a lot of kids. I'm I, wondering I, if I should just... wear my crown or something or okay. have some kind of a little, like, get in, really get into the frozen theme. I want you to dress up like Ella or Elsa. Elsa. I still have never seen that movie. I haven't either. Neither Mm-mm. have I. Mm-mm. Well, you're going to see it on ice, which I is am. even better. Lori, I double dog dare you to dress up. Yeah. I don't know what I have. We I've have got crowns. We I've got have staffs. We have poofy skirts that you could wear. Yeah, oh, Lori, right. wouldn't they think it was so cute if Glamour Lori dressed up? Like, I know it. Well, I'll, I'll think about it. It's not till Saturday. But I, I just. That's in town this weekend. If yeah. Tickets are. That's a fun thing for kids. There are lots of times, there's like six, I think it starts Wednesday through Sunday, and I just thought, oh, you know, I should I do the thing get off year. my lazy glamour ass and do something fun yeah. with those little kidlins. Yeah. The ukuleles that we brought back from Hawaii, the kid ukuleles, they were big head. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> the little uh, four-year-old said, I wanted one of these for Christmas, and Santa forgot to bring it to me. Now. Oh, gee, absolutely. But I think love from that. Moana, they know mm-hmm. ukuleles. See, look, I can even know the names of all the movies. Oh, Julia, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm very mean. impressed. Okay, so did you watch Unreal last night? Oh, Lifetime. It is back after an 18 month hiatus. Is that how long it's been? They've already finished the fourth season and this of is Unreal. Just the third. This is the third. And what they did for the fourth season was it's going to be like an all-star thing like Bachelor has done before. Yeah, all the good ones come back. But this season of Everlasting is like no other way. It's so good as far as... It's, that's the TV show, what they call it. Instead of The Bachelor, they call it Everlasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it's called on Unreal. And it's a lot of people from The Bachelor started this show it's inside information and then when after watching it i thought it was a great episode last night oh. it was beyond good and they did a nice recap did you watch the yes. recap one too so they had recap even yeah if you never even watched if it. you've never watched it i think you could jump in mm-hmm. on lifetime and watch this show so if you enjoy the bachelor you would enjoy unreal because it's a scripted it's drama better. and comedy and basically about how orchestrated this all is and then i watch the Bachelor this morning, and you can't not look at The Bachelor the same way after watching Unreal because they had the most scripted thing I think they've ever had. And they had this guy mm-hmm. who won the, it's down to three, okay. and she's one of the now down to two. Is our gal from, from Minnesota, Minnesota Becca still on it? I I don't know. I can't okay. remember. I thought I saw on the paper today she was still in Is there. she one of the two? I'll double check, but I thought I saw that. Okay, okay. look and see. Okay. Is Beck, Becca the one who had the guy fly down, who she dated for seven years, broke up a year ago, finds them in Peru. As one does. As one does. And from goes, social media and, and direct messages. And goes to Ari's room and says, I love this girl and I'm going to ask her to marry him. And he's like, what? When did you guys break up? A oh, year that's ago. that's hysterical. I mean, it was so... Scripted, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he could have found them. That's hysterical, Lori. Uh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So they're the just like uh, 
Unreal seems like it's pushing the envelope. So is The Bachelor mm-hmm. to try and amp it, amp it up, amp it up, amp up the yeah. I think the with drama. The, and I think with Unreal, the TV show um, drama of the you know the behind the scenes thing, you really like the characters. I mean, you really feel that Constance Zimmer. She's so good. She's Quinn. so good. Um, not Quinn, but her boss. Constance Zimmer is the one that used to be on Boston she's, Legal. She's Quinn. She's the boss. She's the head yeah. woman. Oh, is that her name? What's Quinn. the name of the other gal? Rachel. Oh, Rachel. Oh, I'm Rachel sorry. Rachel is the really up. good uh, producer who can get contestants to do, to do anything. Anything. Yeah, I love it. It's so juicy. It's so good. She had People. an epic monologue to chat. You're an overpaid, incompetent man, baby, who's writing on the backs of women who do all of the work for you. You're too dumb to know how pathetic it is. So we, so we had to use you to push Serena, Serena through the network just because you were born with a bleep. I never understood. And I mean, she just was like. She came back from like an honesty um, retreat with herself for 18 months. So she just, he says, no, tell me, tell me what you really think about me. And then that came out. I was just like. (gasps) And the scene with the jockey in the bathroom. Oh, my word. And just like on The Bachelor, all these reality shows that involve love and romance, they do have to do. A STD test, mm, oh yeah. and if you have yeah. herpes, even if it's latent, mm-hmm. you cannot be on the show. No, so, if your friend was trying out to be on the Bachelor, for, you thought for sure she was going to be on, or he was going to be on, and they didn't get it Maybe because it's herpes. Yeah, Maybe it's, and they do. I always, read that big article. I know. Where was that today? It was uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was. It was good. It's and and did you watch Good Girl? I, I didn't watch it, but I I DVR'd it okay. and. Uh, um, did you? No. no. I watched it while I was reading this book that the author's coming on The Wife Between Us that I could not stop. It, that book? Between the Woman in the Window, The Wife Between Us, and Grist Mill Road. We've had three epic psychological thrillers You're in welcome. a row. It's, yeah, Donnie, thank Donnie, you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Becca is uh, the, in the final two. She oh, is. she is? Becca, okay. okay. Becca the Minnesota from Prior Lake, and okay. Lauren is the other one, and the two-night season finale is next next week. Right? Next week, yeah. And um, Becca is the one whose the old boyfriend showed up in Peru. Wow. Ross. Was with he his high water pants? Was it hysterical? And his was it his bucks or? and his tan? It was hysterical. It was <laughs> the coaching that went on for that was just epic. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. So the Oscars are on uh, Sunday, and we're having our Oscars watch along with different my talk people um, yes. on Facebook. So last Facebook year's Live. last year's envelope um, screw up. I mean, do people care about it anymore? I don't know. It was amazing that night that it happened, and for about a week afterwards. But the Hollywood Reporter was very smart in how they did an oral history of. Just sort of everyone that were the key players in the whole debacle. debacle. And um, it is an absolute scream for some of the dishy details. Number one, people in Hollywood hate Faye Dunaway. Okay. Oh, number two. Wait wait a minute. Because she presented, they had. Let me, let me set it up because one of the things, let let me just, these are just like the off the top of my head after reading it because Julia was a. Quite an in-depth thing. They had Peggy Siegel, who's a longtime publicist, Jimmy Kimmel, people from Price Waterhouse, uh, Academy Award show people. They talked to Busy Phillips, who was front row with Michelle Williams, Chrissy Teigen, who was also front row, and John Legend was nominated for La La Land. Mm-hmm. 
Kimmel. And so anyway, so it was like the busy Phillips. Well, to start off with, the reason they had Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway present the last envelope of the night was because it was the 50th anniversary of Bonnie and Clyde last year. okay, that makes sense. Okay, and um, so, and that story is called They Got the Wrong Envelope, the Oral History of Oscar's Best Picture Fiasco, because nothing, starting with the Academy in 1929, can hold a candle to that mistake, okay? okay, that the Best Picture winner was announced wrong and so everyone so here's we thought okay these would be the two people we'll get Warren and um, Faye and Peggy Siegel the publicist says Warren and Faye have not had the greatest relationship over the years (laughs) this is common knowledge it's a strained pairing because Faye Dunaway is impossible that's what we've heard. This is the second about her. line yeah, of we've the heard story. That yep. Many times. Okay, then the managing director of the Academy said um, that this Brian Cullinan, who is the guy who ended up making the mistake, mm-hmm. he was loved the Oscars, enjoyed being there. It was his fourth year in a row. But sometime that week, her department, she works for the Academy, had told Price Waterhouse. Or whatever the name this is. This Peggy lady did? The- Ten, no, another woman. I'm uh, not going to give you a right, name. Fine. Okay, the Academy woman said, my department told Price Waterhouse that Brian is not allowed to do any social media backstage because he was in very he was very engaged with social media during the week leading up to the okay. show. Okay. And then the CEO of the Academy said, yes, it was brought to her attention. That could be a problem. Jimmy Kimmel said at the rehearsals, the primary issue, at least this was something that I thought of, was how well could Beatty and Dunaway see the teleprompter? Okay. Okay, that's from Kimmel. Then the telecast director said, I'll just say it was an interesting dynamic between the two of them when they rehearsed, Dunaway and Beatty. Uh Then Lisa, uh, this woman who's an awards consultant, worked with both La La Land and Moonlight. She said, I saw Faye the day before the Oscars. This is the beginning of the article, okay? Yep. Doing, I saw Faye the day before the Oscars at the Halle, Sally Hirschberger Salon in La Cienega. She'd been driving the staff crazy for the past three days trying to get her <laughs> blonde hair just right. When I walked in, they were ready to throw her out the window, okay? Okay, the big day arrives. Um uh, Jimmy Kimmel confirms this, and so did the set director, that that morning, the three Art Deco tower pieces all fell down on the stage. Imagine if that had yeah, happened. no kidding. It, it sounded like somebody yeah. set a bomb off. We had to bring in 60 stagehands to repair everything, and we had to push the opening of the theater from 4 to 4.45. And we thought, okay, whoo. That's the worst it's going to be. We're good. The show starts with Can't Stop the Feeling, Justin Timberlake. Kimmel had a very good monologue, and Kimmel said... All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. To The Hollywood Reporter, if you get through the monologue successfully, you're like 75% of the way there, and okay. it went very well. Uh-huh. Then... Um, you know, they're going on and just kind of talking about uh, uh, different things. And then the last commercial before midnight, when Emma Stone walked off stage with the Best Actress Oscar and went to black, cut to commercial. It was 11.59. 59, so we're like, oh, God, we made it. And then Brian Cullinan, the guy from Pricewaterhouse, tucks his envelopes under his arm to take and tweet several photos despite instructions not to use social media back Text and tweets. Okay. okay. And then, so Busy Phillips, who she tells the Hollywood Reporter that she and Michelle almost missed it because they had to really pee. We're veteran Oscar attendees. We know right after the ceremony, the line is long. Right. But we stayed, thank God. And Beatty and Dunaway walk out and... Uh, John Legend said, oh, I had a good chance about her feeling. And Beatty opens the envelope, sees the card and hesitates. Kimmel says, I thought, oh, maybe they can't see the thing I was right. worried he about. He totally rehearsal. hesitated. And then they say, oh, my God, he's milking. What is he doing? Beatty mm-hmm. squints, looks flustered, p- briefly peers off stage, hands the card to Dunaway. And I thought, maybe it's a misprint. And someone else thought he was being chivalrous and letting Faye read the yeah. envelope. And she just takes the card and says, La La Land. Yep. And um, so anyway, P- the the Price Waterhouse people are required to memorize the winners mm-hmm. and spring into action if a wrong name is in- announced. And Brian quietly tells the stage manager, I think it's the wrong winner, but he does nothing further. Then the guy who's directing the show says the accountant says he thinks the wrong winner was announced. And Busy Phillips jabs Ben Affleck and says, do something. Right. Ryan Gosling thought there was a medical emergency happening. I remember happening. this, yep. And that Don't someone had been hurt. This, like, the, yeah. yeah. And then people start whispering. They start whispering. and Because like, all the people from La La Land are going up on the stage. They're already yeah. up oh, on yeah. stage. They're already accepting it. And then Jimmy Kimmel said, listen, I'm the only one with the microphone. I should probably go up and say something. Yeah. And um, so he's like, Warren, what did you do? And Warren has the envelope and this Brian Cullinan is just off at the side, not volunteering anything. They didn't do any of the protocols that they were supposed to do. And Kimmel says that I want to tell you what happened. Warren said that it came out and backstage Warren wouldn't give up any of the envelopes. His wife was telling him to come home. Mm-hmm. Brian Cullinan was trying to blame it on somebody else. He finally had to admit all the Price Waterhouse people and the Academy people had to stay and work on the statement. And did they have Emma Stone's envelope, or what was? There's always two envelopes because you don't know what side the winners are going to come. Um, the people are going to go on, so the accountants always have double My envelopes. My Talk 107.1. Everything. Except this for us. Yes, of course. Entertain. Hey, everybody.
everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we are really on a book club roll because uh, a couple weeks ago we talked with AJ Finn for The Woman in the Window. And today we have Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen with us for their absolutely fantastic, uh, heart-poundingly suspenseful book, The Wife Between Us. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Oh, my What a treat to have both of you. Ladies. You have got we do everything together. Oh my gosh! Well, how how did that come about that you two wrote a book together? I think we've only had one other uh, book on where we had like co-authors, yeah. and it was the the Go Fug Yourself Girls. Yeah. Do you know them? They oh, wrote fun. the Royal We. <laughs> yes, but this is yeah. a very you know. I mean, what a just tell us how this book yes. came about. Yeah, um, so this is Greer speaking. So I was Sarah's editor. I was a book editor at Simon & Schuster for 20 years. And um, Sarah was one of my authors, and we became really close as an editor-author team. We had all these uncanny similarities. We both played field hockey in high school. We were terrible cooks. And we were both close with our brothers named Robert. And then when I left publishing, in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to write, but I really didn't. I didn't confess this to anybody um, except for Sarah. And then she proposed the idea that we write the book together. How exciting. Okay, so Sarah, this, if you could describe, because the book is a psychological thriller, and Julia's halfway through the book. I was lucky enough to read it on one, on a day at the beach, and I did not see what was coming that oh. came to me. If you can give us a setup of the story. Absolutely, yeah. So this is a story um, of a woman who is preparing to get married to a seemingly perfect man. It's told from her point of view um, and from the alternating point of view of the man's ex-wife, who is determined to stop the wedding at all costs. But you might think this is kind of a familiar story. It's not. We turn it on its head in a lot of ways. So what you think you're reading may not actually be the full story. Yeah, you you have to read between the lies, right? Absolutely. You you know, one of the things, I came into work today because I just was just hardcore cramming last night reading it. Lori can read a book like in a sitting. It takes me a little longer. This is Julia. And so (laughs) I'm like, oh, I'm halfway. I figured it out, Lori. I figured it out. And she goes... You have no idea, because I already kind of figured out what I thought was one part, and I thought, okay, no. I got it, I got it, but no. wow. It, yeah, it is It is just, like, really uh, fantastic. What has been the most fun for the two of you coming out of the gate like this together with, I mean, a phenomenally successful book? Um, that's such a fun question. In fact, I was at a dinner last night, someone said the same thing, the best part, and there have been so many great parts, because we have the best time just writing together. We're on, we live in separate cities, so we're on Google Docs and Google Hangouts, um, writing away. And sometimes, you know, we have to do like research by make Sarah go drink bourbon at 10 in the morning so we can describe <laughs> bourbon accurately. But that was um, actually research she made me do. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. As an as a editor, you know, you got to get in there and do it. You got to be realistic. Yeah. yeah, I would say for um, for me, there are two yeah. high points that really stand out. The first was when we had written the book and we sold it on a partial, and we started hearing from movie producers, and we uh, had an option by Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. Unbelievable! Did yeah. you guys Thanks. did you guys have Sarah and Greer? Because we just had on AJ um, Finn. Finn. <laughs> 
for uh-huh. a woman in the window, and he said he had an explosive offer. Exploding offer. Exploding offer. He was in LAX. His agent called and said, here's how much they're going to pay. You have to say yes or no right now or it goes away. Interesting. You know, we had a very different experience because we spent a day talking to different producers and hearing their visions yeah. for the book. And you and didn't even have the book finished at the time. We did not have the book finished. Wow. It was so just part that, one. It was just part one. Um, so, you know, we had to decide very quickly, but we did have the opportunity to talk um, with different producers and, uh, you know, uh, different studio people, studio executives. I think at the second kind of high moment for us was uh, the day the New York Times bestseller list came out. Yes. And we knew it would come out around five on a Wednesday. And so we each had a glass of wine. There, there's a lot of alcohol running. Through <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> we totally get um, that. And, you know, and we said, we hope we land on the list. If we don't, we've had such a great time writing together. We're going to write another one, which we actually are doing right now. We're just finishing up our second one. We said, you know, win or lose, we're kind of in this together. And then the publishing house called screaming because we had landed at number two on the list. Unbelievable. This we is, were thrilled. Yeah, this is so, yeah, that was a pretty good moment. So fun to share together as good friends. Are you guys, is that your, is a psychological thriller your personal favorite to read? We I, we like books with um, that are psychological in nature. I would yeah. say with strong female protagonists, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to write. So it's really important to us. We're we're two women. We're writing women's stories. Mm-hmm. We want our characters to be relatable, but you know, obviously, not everything is exactly as you might right. expect right. things to turn out. But that there's some sort of relatability to um, to the to the people that we're describing. It's yeah. it's so juicy when you are you know one of the things I'm thinking of. So here you are sitting down. You haven't even you kind of have a plot line and an idea mm. you're meeting with all these hollywood producers um did you want to have kind of the executive exclusive rights to help through the screenplay through the casting like el james had with 50 shades it's incredibly unusual for an author to get that yeah. especially okay. before the book has been sold so and we both felt like making movies is something we don't know a lot about. Sure. Now, we're very interested in getting into screenwriting, but we felt like, you know, the, the experts, um, you know, can take over this one. We'll learn about it. And then it would definitely be something we'd like to pursue. Yeah. But we also were very aware we have a deadline for our next book. So we've been really devoting a lot of our attention to that. Oh, that that's, that's exciting. Well, yeah. you know, one of the things I think uh, that is really... Um, in in the book, uh, the wife between us is that the the husband, who so he's the ex husband, he's also the possible current husband, Richard. Um, I, I, I was really struck at how much a man, men are men. They they are the same, regardless of what woman they're with. That was sort of another thing that really jumped out at me and how women do sometimes want to warn another woman about somebody Certain characteristics or about something. somebody, yeah. but you never can see it. So I just thought that I, I, I just was that really struck me just, whoa. Right, yeah, it's pretty topical right now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, with with everything that's going yeah. on with the Me Too, Hollywood, but, and yes. some of the lines I like. I learned to stretch out a simple chore like taffy. 
I mean, and then yeah. you had you had a Lake Wobegon. I mean, we're Minnesotans here, so I, those were kind of fun things. You know, Sarah, you've already been a published author. What has um, working with, you know, Greer, this is your very first book. It's a bestseller. You've sold it. It's going to be a movie. What was it like for you to work with someone brand new and share this whole experience? Was it hard to open up like this? You know, Greer had edited so many big okay. name authors. She edited Marlo Thomas, Jennifer Weiner, Jessica Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. You know, I just felt so lucky that she wanted to write a book with me. And, you know, and we were such close friends that the one thing we said to each other was, if it, if it isn't what you hoped, if it's not fun, if we're not doing our best work together, let's just shake hands and go our separate ways. We both had that. It was kind of like a prenup. Yeah. You know, but quickly within a week, I, I just had this sense when I proposed the idea to Greer, let's write a book together, you know, not knowing what we would do. I just had this instinctive sense we would be better together. And now we have T-shirts that say better together. We, we create the kind of books neither of us could do alone. Mm-hmm. It takes both of our brains to follow them. But we are so in tune at times we have one brain, we say. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm, this is I'm I'm dying. I didn't want to come to work today because I want to finish it. Lori's like Julia. I can't believe you haven't finished it yet. Well, I mean, I was lucky enough to yeah. take this on a beach vacation where I plopped in a chair and I didn't move for seven and a half hours except to go to the yeah. bathroom, and I was really able to just devour it. And I just, so I mean, it is a literal. You can't stop turning the pages of the wife between us. Oh, I mean, that's how I felt. Thank you. All right, we have to thank ask you guys, Sarah and Greer, where the book is the wife between us. Before you go, what's the last great book each of you has read? Ooh, that's um, I just finished an American Marriage. I'm good. I can't remember the name of the author. That um, she's the, coming oh, on our show. Book. Yep, yep. And um, and I thought that was pretty spectacular. Really um, enlightened me onto the African American community and, and false imprisonment, and it was really heartbreaking. I, I sobbed at the end, so I would say that. Okay. Okay. All right. And how about you, Greer? Oh, this is that, that, Oh, Greer. Okay. Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a, even Greer's mom confuses us. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, mine is The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. It's a sweeping oh. epic epic, just very atmospheric story of a family that moves to Alaska in the 1970s, and it's very rugged. There's a lot of danger outside. There's a lot of danger inside the house. It's, it's the kind of book you just get lost in. Ladies, we're, ladies, we're tracking on the same thing because that author, Kristen Hanna, is coming on next, next week. week, and you're uh, right. That is an epic, uh, quite a story. Oh, that's great. Tell her we're huge yeah. fans. Oh, that's, we oh, I, that's, I just read it, too. I loved it. You did? Okay, it. Sarah, we'd love, yeah. we'd, we'd love to talk to you when your uh, novel comes out this summer, The Ever After. And ladies, um, congratulations on The Wife Between Us. It's heart-poundingly good. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, we've got a couple okay. copies to give away, 651-641-1071. Julia, we're on a roll I with am, our books. I am just, Lori, I just want to finish this book. It's so good. It's so good. What what fun for them to do this together. And that they wrote each page together. In real time. In I know. real time, living on. That's kind of amazing. And also Amblin Productions, which is Spielberg's company, they produced Gone Girl. No, The Girl on the Train. Oh, I thought it was Gone Girl. It was The Girl on the Train. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. So that was another book that was, you know, went you to film. Down. that. Yeah. And the movie was... As good as the book. Oh. And think about Justin Thoreau being the the husband that nobody knows that they, that no one really knows them. 
that he was the yeah. husband in Girl on a Train. He Re- was. He yes. was great in that, and too. And he was unknowable, just like he was to Jennifer Aniston. Way to tie it all up in a good gossip bow. I love it, Lori. We'll be right back. Well, February is the new July as far as books are concerned. It's been amazing. It's been amazing how many good books we've had on this. Usually winter is a little bit of a lull for us. And usually we don't have a book every week. Yeah, we don't have a book every week. It's, listen. I want to sneak out of here and read this book. It's so good, The Wife Between Us. If you get a chance, people. Yeah. That's a... Wow. No, but it is. February has kind of been like July with The Woman in the Window, Gristmill Road, The Wife Between Us, The Great Alone, which is coming up. I mean, An just, American Marriage. Ameri- yeah, we, I haven't started that okay. one yet. Um, but anyway, it kind of is like February is the new July for, wow. for books. For okay. Reads. So Ryan Seacrest, this story was just breaking yesterday. Yes, it was. And um, it is, well, the Today Show. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. ran this story at 721 today. And Ryan Seacrest, um, he, there's a, a sty- former stylist for E! News who was his personal stylist. Um, the Variety got a hold of her court documents as far as her uh, suing uh, E and Ryan Seacrest for sexual harassment and that she was fired unjustly, blah, blah, blah. E is owned by NBC. Yes. He also works for ABC over at Kelly and Ryan Show and American Idol. Yes. So G-May did not, is not covering this story. The Today Show Ran it at seven twenty one because of their overlooking the Matt, Matt Lauer, Lauer everything and so. the whole Harvey Weinstein. I mean, they looked over yeah, everything. Everything, yes, so because they had that right story. Away. Yes, so they here it is. The story is called Seacrest Under Fire. Here we go. Ryan Seacrest is one of the most prolific hosts in the world. And for his Hollywood red carpet interviews on E, host of Live with Kelly and Ryan, and about to host an American Idol reboot this morning, he's facing public scrutiny. Susie Hardy, his former personal stylist coming forward for the first time to accuse the media mogul of unwanted sexual aggression beginning in 2007. The allegations that Susie Hardy has made against Ryan Seacrest range from verbal sexual harassment to allegations of sexual assault. In a letter sent last November and obtained by today, Hardy's attorney details the allegations to Seacrest's attorney and the networks he works for. They include laying on top of her in his underwear and slapping her on her rear end. In 2010, on the set of E!, Hardy says Seacrest grabbed her in the crotch, causing her to break out in tears and flee. We spoke with multiple corroborating sources. But sources close to Seacrest say other witnesses dispute her accounts. Those sources tell NBC News one co-worker recalls Hardy saying she might use an encounter with Seacrest against him later to get what she wanted. Seacrest has vehemently denied every allegation, writing in The Hollywood Reporter, to have my workplace conduct questioned was gut-wrenching. I've always aimed to treat all of my colleagues with honesty, respect, kindness, and compassion. 
The E-Network says an outside counsel interviewed more than two dozen people regarding the allegations, including multiple separate meetings with the claimant and all first-hand witnesses that she provided. The investigation found insufficient evidence to substantiate allegations against Seacrest. Hardy told Variety she came forward now, inspired by the Me Too movement. She was motivated uh, largely by a lot of the reporting that she had seen on uh, allegations of sexual harassment in the entertainment industry. But sources close to Seacrest see a more sinister motive. Seacrest's attorney, his law partner, and two other sources say last fall, Hardy requested a $15 million payment from Seacrest or she would tell all. An attorney for Hardy denies she ever sought payment, calling the suggestion preposterous. E tells us that Seacrest is still expected to host the Oscars red carpet coverage. That's this Sunday. He's also scheduled to host live with Kelly and Ryan on ABC later this morning. Which he did do, and he talked at great length about the weather, Instagram, and teeth whitening. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, really uh, painful. But she, uh, the Susie Hardy, she told Variety... She said, by the third interview with the investigator that E hired, right. I was ready to just throw my... He he refused to go to the four different people, to interview the four different people that I went to when this, these things happened. Yep. And she said that when she... She uh, worked for him for like seven years, from mm-hmm. 2007 to 2013. And she was his... Personal stylist. So rather than just being a stylist who's hired here and there, she got a full-time job at E and she was allowed to leave by three o'clock to go and pick up her daughter. And she's a single mom. And when she finally went to E in 2013 and complained about all of the harassment, two weeks later, her position was eliminated. Right. And it's very, very difficult to prove this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, almost 95% of the time they side with the company. But she is not backing down from her story. And I don't know why GMA didn't have Ryan Seacrest on there because they got a big problem with her. Well, let me hands. tell you. So let me tell you. So What's Ryan happening? Seacrest five minutes ago responded and he... Um, They've been working on this Well, of course sure. they have. Yeah. He's, and the quote is, this person who has accused me of horrible things tried to buy her silence by asking for money on multiple occasions. I refused. And he said, yesterday, Variety published a salacious story that revealed the specific claims against me for the first time, even though an independent third party found insignificant evident, blah, blah, blah. He said in a statement, much to my dismay, Variety didn't speak with me or bother to speak with other credible witnesses or even ask for any of the evidence that was obtained during the investigation when offered, all of which clearly challenges the veracity of the claims made against me. Seacrest continued, this person who has accused me of horrible things tried to buy her silence by asking for money on multiple occasions. I refused. I've worked extremely hard to achieve my set. Da, 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 da. So he was first accused and he tried to get out in front of the story. And then she went out with the story, you know, well, she he, came here's the thing. I mean, he can say all of that on November 17th, uh, like a week after she, um, this letter came to his attorney, he took it public by announcing um, that, you know, he was going to investigate it. And he, he said that it was someone who worked as a longtime wardrobe stylist for me, which no one knew who was talking. But as soon as he said longtime wardrobe stylist, 
Everyone in Hollywood knew he was talking about Susie well, Hardy. Okay. Out, yeah. And Variety talked to people and they said that was a deliberate ploy by Ryan Seacrest and his people. Okay. Because no one knew who this person sure. was. Sure. By him saying longtime wardrobe stylist, he'd only had this one that worked for right. him for that number of years, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. from 2006 to 2013. I, I wonder if women will not want to go to Ryan on the red carpet. Well, Bellamy Young, who plays um, the the president president on um, Scandal right now, she thinks he should step aside. She was at the Wrinkle in Time um, red carpet last night, and she said that we all know that he is scheduled to host E's red carpet on Sundays, Academy Awards. And although pressure may grow for him to step aside, given the high level of support among women in Hollywood for the Time's Up effort, to um, aid victims of sexual harassment. Young, speaking to the red carpet, said um, someone else should get a chance to host instead of Seacrest. This is the time to step aside and let someone of equal talent that is beyond reproach be in charge. It's funny because I know it feels like the rules have changed, so I'm sure people who have been in dominant positions are taken by surprise, Mm -hmm. many of them living in fear, many of them thinking, but this is how we said it, and this we'd act, but we never said that. We never consented. No one was asking, so... Don't, I bet more unfolds by the time Elizabeth Reese comes on at 5.15. This is not good No, for Kelly, Ryan, Rippa, for ABC. Ryan for ABC. A lot of people will I just can... say, I'm not going to go talk to him. We'll be right